0: That's why every car we sell is CarMax-certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Hi, I'm Dill Henderson, and I know just what you need. More noise! Noise blusters, we got noises galore all over the store. A wide selection to disrupt, confuse, and frustrate your day. We got loads of them. Car alarms, leaf blowers, trucks in reverse. Keep going, keep going. Cell phone rings. Hello? Storefront greeting jingles. Hello, welcome. And idiot customers. You
1: used to have this one product from 1967, and I notice you don't carry it
0: anymore. So come on down to Noise Blusters today, and let's get noisy. <laughs>
1: Well, how'd I do, boss? Oh, you did fine. Fine, my dear boy. Just fine. In fact, Dill, you deserve a little vacation.
0: Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Where are you sending me, sir?
1: To a silent retreat. No, not that, boss.
0: Not a silent retreat. Please tell me you're joshing me, not a silent retreat. Please, I can't stand silence. I don't know what to do with myself if there's no noise, no sounds, no buzzes, clicks, or squeaks. I need to hear something at all times. Please, I'll work harder. I'll work harder. I'll do anything.
1: In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 30, Some Sexy Smoke. Okay, come on, come on, one at a time, one at a time, all right, stop taking pictures, no pictures, hey, come on, put that microphone down. What are you Sit, sit down, get off from there. What are you doing? You, oh, everyone just just settled down now. What are you doing? I guess that was like Razzo Rizzo if he were like trying to like settle down a classroom or just a bunch of hooligans. Who knows? Hooligan knows. This is Alex Rogers recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. And that ought to do it. Let's settle on in. Close that door, open that window. Hey, my friends. Well, you know, it is uh, uh, quite a mystical hour at which I record this. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, you're really tired in the middle of the day for no odd reason. Oh, man, it's only 2.30. Why do I feel like I need to take a long nap? And then there's times where it's 1.07 a.m., And you're like, well, who's up for a triathlon? And, uh, well, I don't do no triathlons around here. Not yet, at least. But, uh, as I like to say, let's throw myself into the verbal deep end and I'll find my way back to shore. So at this very late hour, I figured now is as good as any to lay down the words... And give you a little this and that of the talking kind. I hope you all are swimming along as safely as can be. They're talking about that delta out there. Watch out for that tricky triangle. Do keep yourselves safe. And uh, we all should hopefully know what safe means by now. And I won't spell it out for you. Except s-a-f-e that's where some life coach of an extreme nature steps in and goes you know that s-a-f-e only stands for satan's appearance falsely evidential you know something like that uh but you know it's funny how these uh these times keep on stirring up old shit at least for myself i have a funny question for you all do you ever find yourself before you've even given the day a fair chance looking at yourself in the mirror and not not at yourself per se but like as you're sort of kind of peering into the reflection old memories stir up and you just kind of start racking up everything that makes you mad about this, that, and the other thing. I can't be the only one. Please don't tell me you're listening to this saying, well, no. Every morning I look at myself in the mirror and I say, good morning, it's you and me. Good morning, there's nothing wrong, you see. Good morning, good morning. Today we're going to annoy everyone. Um, yeah, no, I I, I. I feel like it must be universal enough to catch yourself, I'd say, especially on days that are requiring things of us, like work days, days that we're not in the mood to have to go through at times. I know for me, that's usually what's happening. And I must admit, my friends, that I've been catching myself this week, getting a little testy, a little frustrated, I'm grateful for my J-O-B, you know? Everyone's got to have one to a certain degree. But between doing the J-O-B and making this podcast and other things a little more of a, perhaps shall we say, sincere forward momentum thrust of full-time activity, um, there's just days where I don't want to do the J-O-B. To be the guy in the work shirt who serves people and and even just just some days for the usual <laughs> is this a bosch pair or a danju i never know <laughs> i'm not in the mood i'm not in the mood just just eat what looks good stop asking me dumb questions there's there's days like that and um I've been finding myself... By the way, sometimes you'll hear this creaking sound, which almost sounds like my throat is doing some little reptilian clicking sound. I swear to God, it's not. It's I, I'm in this weird little uh, fold-out chair, like a camping chair. I should be having some professional studio chair in my room, but of course, we're here at the crib. And everything is uh, what it is. So this is the most comfy chair that I could find. And... uh if you hear some clicks and little eh, 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 English, English, going on with the chair, well, you know it's happening. But yeah, I don't really understand except I'm simply noticing it's happening. This feeling of resentment. And I don't really want to get into specific faces and names that I see because that's not, believe it or not, the real point here. I would rather keep it on a universal level that surely you and I can both think of times in which we and everyone we know will just notice and feel a pain that is old. And I'll speak for myself. It's been where those close to us in our upbringing, in the house, in the neighborhood, at the school, in our various curricular and extracurricular activities, Someone who was older, knew better, and said and did some dumb shit. And we who saw that and were too young to be able to even like verbalize it or call it for what it is, we weren't dumb. We knew it. We knew we were being lied to. We knew we were being taken advantage of. And I find myself some mornings, and it's funny too, it's it's where I'm doing the self-care. Now this is the weird part, I, 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 I don't know why, what happens folks is I'll step out of the shower, I dry off, I get dressed, and then I do this ritual to maintain the current long hair, and thank you again to my friend Kate, who keeps this looking fresh and cool, and uh, Part of the daily do is I oil it with some of that JoJo Ba JoJo Ba, haven't seen you since The Last Planet. How goes the bounty hunting? Or ho ho ba, ho ho, you got the right ho ho, but the wrong ta ta. That's John Candy's character in JFK for those of you really listening deep. But, um, when I'm oiling the hair, Or when I am putting the sunscreen to the face. And this is something I do every day because I think I mentioned before, man, I went through one troublesome couple of years of having uh, a volcano erupting on one side of my face at all times. And that's known as rosacea. And uh, it's where, for me, my cheek was just constantly swollen and it looked like I had just like a cluster of just like unavoidable acne that would just never go away. But like worse than acne because acne has a way of kind of rising and falling and going. This was just a constant, just, just red cheek and uh, so embarrassing. And man, I'm already fair skinned enough. Annie, you you just breathe on me too quick and I'm going to get all like ruddy. Luckily. Through, some, through a long journey of a medication, which was very odd. Boy, you know, we live in a world where, oh, sure, we, we, you, you have a big skin issue. We have the medication. Now, here's 15 pages of uh, <laughs> signatures that we're going to need because, boy, does it do a number on your brain. I think that was one of the most anxious years of my life, which was very funny because that was the year of 2019 in which I had to treat my face with this medication to calm down the rosacea. And in that year, I was at one of my absolute most paranoid and anxious and just really in kind of a mental hell. that was 2019. Oddly enough, I got a lot of good writing done that year. (laughs) That's where some people go, well, that's what you're supposed to do. The tortured, starving, out-of-touch artist always writes the best shit. (laughs) But um, it was, funny enough, more challenging for me in some ways than that real humdinger of a year 2020. COVID, the societal world we were all thrust into, and the disease itself, which I (laughs) got ensnared by myself, was less of a challenge than the preceding year. It's almost like I had a little mental warm-up to what others would find in their own way. So all of that is to say we all kind of know what it's like to be off our emotional, mental center. And coming back from that crazy journey, though, luckily my face did clear up, and to maintain what I got right now, which indeed I'm, I'm quite happy with, I put on a daily sunscreen, which is this heavy zinc-based solution, which makes me look like I'm part of Bob Dylan's Rolling Thunder review in the mid-70s, which I think is one of his best fucking periods of his career. I love that time period. Like that album Desire and a couple before it, Planet Waves. Oh, man, that period where he would do this like crazy, just like pasty white face. (laughs) And I look very ghostly every day when I put on this sunscreen. But it's part of my daily care, and it keeps the skin looking good and also not breaking out into blemishes, so yee thank you. But it is interesting how in these self-care moments, I start to let, the, I don't know, the mind, maybe just sort of with the routine of it all, or or just with me being a little... I have some unhappy pockets going on in, my, uh, in, the, in the grand wardrobe of my life right now, so to speak. And they catch up with me in these moments. It's just odd as I'm doing something nice for my face and for my hair. That within this very mechanism is a brain that is starting to weave these rather resentful thoughts And it's basically at just this feeling that many of us have been under a mass hypnosis of misinformation that really harms the developmental mind and hinders its creativity. And then when you try to reckon with the fact that, well, maybe that was all in the past, And then you step into the current world and you see, oh, no, 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 they didn't go anywhere. In fact, they're often in levels of administration. You can find yourself getting uh, just a little, just a little doom-minded. But it's something I'm simply noticing. And as all the great masters have advised before, just watch that like the dirt that drains out with the rest of the gunk as you go through the shower of life. So I guess to notice it is good and to know that it's not my constant reality. It's just kind of a habit that, uh, I'm noticing I'm swirling around. Well, I guess in this moment now, now talking to you, um, The awareness is all, and I feel okay about that. Sure, I'm not okay with the constant daily challenge of wondering how I'm going to get over some shit that really only affected Alex even before he became a man. Because really, if you are a man or a woman now, meaning, you know, the boring word, adult, The idea is we're supposed to be nursing ourselves, right? Well, that's what we're told. And sometimes we're only told that. Almost in a, yeah, dummy, figure it out kind of way, which isn't very helpful. We all know that. So in finding how we nurse ourselves, bodies that still contain the younger Self that is still going, why? Why? Well, I hope to keep being of service to that voice while not letting it overpower the rest of my wise voices. What has been keeping me afloat and in a really nice renaissance state of wonder, is going through these classic oldies. How fucking cool to just blow open this doorway of something that I just kind of resisted, only because of the numbers in which they existed. 1940s, 1950s, Ew. Or 1930s. Oh, no. I mean, hey, listen, some people are worse than I. You got some people who, if it's before the 80s or 90s, they're about ready to have a panic attack. But I think I had to grow into it. Because, again, in the recent oldies that I've been watching, man, so much adult content without anybody Calling it for what it is right on the nose. Everybody is serving a story as well. These are really good stories that are happening. I'm not trying, I don't want to be one of these guys who always bemoans his current period as not being as good as the good old days. But I I know for me, I've been less and less and less excited to see movies nowadays because they don't feel like movies. And I understand we can have this debate about, well, movies change just like how theater changes and every other art form. Yeah, you know, there's also just a few things that make shit cool that you shouldn't do away with. And one thing for me is that in the last... Almost 20 years now, there's been an increasing amount of this feeling that movies are basically long TV episodes. Not not movies, Dagnabbit. They gotta be a little grand in my book. They gotta have that a little even if you're watching it on your phone. You should see some cool big credits. I like some good old names. And look, man, I I know some of these names back in the day. A lot of them, I don't know. And you know the fun part about all these movies? They're all dead! These are all ghosts. It's extra mystical and spooky when you watch them in all black and white movies. And you think to yourself, my God, they're all ghosts now. Well, as of late... I've been seeing some really cool ones. Let's, let's go through the recent ones. I saw, starting with, a film from 1948, same year as that one I talked about last time, The Naked City, and in some ways of a similar vibe. This one was called He Walked by Night. Isn't that a great title? So many of these movies have fucking great titles, too. He Walked by Night. This was an L.A. noir. This was a a crime movie. And uh, it's got this actor. He's definitely a legend. I've seen him in a couple of movies. His name is Richard Basehart. Uh, Most notably, at least in things that I've seen, I know I saw him in Fellini's La Strada. And he's also part of the character lineup, along with Peter Sellers, in one of his greatest movies, *Being There*. Uh, but this is one of his early roles. This is a young guy. This guy, Richard Basehart, he moves and looks like a very like like a handsome dancer, and he has this very cat-like movement. And essentially, he's a killer. He's a cop killer on top of that. And he's also an electronics whiz. And he's a loner who has this cute little dog. And you can kind of tell the only person he loves in this world is his cute little dog. But um, something about the 40s movies that I also forgot is that on-screen killings are actually pretty brutal, especially in these crime movies. It starts with him just kind of wandering the streets and up to no good, and a cop car questions him, and he just simply shoots the cop point blank. And you kind of see it for what it is, and it's pretty damn shocking. And what's really interesting about this movie is it's 1948 LA. Most of what we're looking at ain't even there anymore. So it's almost like a, a, a faraway land. On top of that, half the movie is subterranean. That's right. This guy, this devious fuck, the character that Richard Basehart plays, he will cap fools, and then just as the cops are about to grab him or find him, he'll duck under these gutters, and he has a whole plan worked out where he has guns stashed away deep in the sewers of la and he's able to run between different sectors of the city and then pop up through manholes and just disappear and yeah man uh also i like how it has this kind of semi-documentary feel and both that movie and the naked city they have these voiceovers and i you know Look man, another thing too about 40s, 50s movies everyone smokes. every fucking person is just giving themselves cancer in every single shot, including these hardworking cops. And it's just interesting to see these like 90, these late 1940s cops you, you know that look too and they got like this kind of pinstripe suits and those and those sort of uh, they're not fedora. are they Fedoras? What is it that you know that 40s hat. Kind of Indiana Jones-ish. They're all wearing those things, and they're all smoking cigarettes, too. Um, I wonder... Well, I mean, yes, of course, everyone was smoking back then, but you know they had to do that for the movies because, dude, it just... hazardous Hazardous or not to the health, smoking in those old movies, it just looks luscious. It just is what it is. And don't get mad at me if you don't like that thought. I didn't make that up. Look at that. They made that shit always look sexy. Men or women, when they're smoking cigarettes in those old movies, especially if it's really well-lit black and white, woo, that that's some sexy smoke right there. Well, that was a definitely a fun one. and And a lot of these old movies, really good time respecting. They're often under 90 minutes. so just a a, a great little crime caper noir. The next one I saw, Nineteen fifty-two, Kansas City Confidential, another really fun black and white crime caper. <laughs> all all these little things that I again just can't believe I'm I'm really enjoying right now. I'm I'm not fearing the black and white film at the moment. No, I'm I'm kind of welcoming it. So long as again we're dealing with some good gritty like, kind of, you know, darker in nature storytelling. And this is uh, quite a fun movie because, again, I'm no dummy to some classics, especially if we're talking late 60s onwards. And I know me some spaghetti westerns, especially the works of Sergio Leone. The the reason I I wasn't I just as a kid, if I even had a glimpse of a John Ford, John Wayne kind of thing, I just it didn't even interest me as a kid. It wasn't until I stumbled upon the good, the bad, and the ugly that I went, Oh shit, is this what a Western can be? Now I'm interested. And then I never went back. I've been into Westerns ever since, but it required an Italian touch. And in that movie, we get one of our finest on-screen bad guys, and that's Lee Van Cleef. Legendary. He is the bad in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Well, here we see him in a movie, what, 14 years before that? Where he is what he often did back in the day, which is he's like heavy number two behind the main bad guy. And it's kind of cool to see this guy who for like a decade or more was always like, because, you know, he's in High Noon. He's in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And he's there behind the main, main thug. He's, he's, He's there as a backup gun. And he usually has some cool, quirky characteristic. It starts with this whole timed out thing where these guys are going to make... A heist, And plus the whole brilliant uh, thing to it is the, the dude who's leading the whole heist has hired all of his men, but wearing a mask, so they don't know what they look like. And when he brings them together, they're all in masks, and nobody knows what each other looks like. And as they plan this out, the whole plan is they're going to take one of those armored vehicles that are always transporting money... And they're going to knock out the guards and take the money and scram. But they're going to do it in a replica of a van that always shows up at the same time as this armored truck. And this van is a flower tr- uh, van, flower truck van. Whatever the point is. A vehicle for flowers. Flower delivery van. Well, this replica of the flower delivery van does the job. All the guys in masks, not knowing who each other is is but they nevertheless are working together as a team they get the money they scram and what's cool is we've been seeing this sort of almost like a like a featured extra who's the flowery flowery the flower delivery guy and sure enough now about 15 20 minutes into the movie we suddenly focus on him because he's suddenly now the prime suspect, and he's framed. And the worst part is, these guys didn't even really mean to. They didn't really even care. Oh, quick aside. Spaghetti Westerns, the next movie Leone does after The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is an equally legendary film, Once Upon a Time in the West. And in that legendary opening... With these dudes, these bad dudes, waiting at a train station for Charles Bronson to show up. One of them, this actor Jack Elam, or Elam, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the last name, but he's this he's got this incredible face. And the big famous moment he has in that movie, Once Upon a Time in the West, is he's sitting there and this fucking fly is buzzing all over his face and he's trying to blow it off and it doesn't go for like a whole minute. It's just crawling all over his face. And then he has like a personal vendetta battle against this fly. And it's a great moment. Well, here he is also as one of the heavies behind the main guy. And it's just kind of cool seeing these sort of, you know, tertiary characters who we know as viewers who are coming from the future in the 21st century are like oh yeah these guys they're going to be the main characters one day but this flower guy i forget the main actor's name but he had to have been a big deal in the 50s but he has that very sort of he you know he almost had that kind of uh, don draper vibe what they were into in that time period he had that kind of look But he's this flower delivery guy, and no, you don't understand, I've been framed. No, I had nothing to do with that heist. And sure enough, he did have nothing to do with the heist. But he has served some prison time before, so he's got an edge to him. And the cops put him through the wringer, they throw him in a jail cell, they try to sweat him out and and get him to confess and of course because he hasn't done it he doesn't confess but meanwhile he stews and he rages and he comes up with a revenge plot that he's gonna find these guys and he is able to piece it together and find these dudes even though they were masked and he takes out one of them i won't say which one and by taking that guy out Take her out, take her out. No, you know what I mean. But like, yeah, yeah. Like he kills him and he takes his mask and also everyone in the group, fun little touch. Everyone has a calling card that the ringleader assigned to them. And it's, everyone has a king from a deck of cards. King of hearts, king of spades, king of clubs. What's the fourth one? King of diamonds. Jesus, this shows how much I gamble. And everyone has their own little calling card. So now that the flower man is going to catch up with them, he's got the mask. He's got the calling card. But will it go as smoothly as he thinks it's going to be to crash in on their party? And who else is going to show up in this crazy party that all spawns out of a situation in Kansas City and by the way, I think it's Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas. I was confused about that through most of the movie, but it doesn't affect the enjoyment of the plot. Kansas City Confidential, another one that is recommended. The other one I watched was... Well, actually, no, you know what? There's, I, I want to mention two more, because I saw one last night and I saw one today, so I should mention them both. Starting with uh, In a Lonely Place... 1950, and then today I watched Johnny Guitar, 1954. Now, why do I mention them together? Same director, Nicholas Ray, and the big one he did is Rebel Without a Cause. Two really good movies, In a Lonely Place, Black and White, Johnny Guitar, in Color. In a Lonely Place is Humphrey Bogart and some other... Great, whose names I didn't take time to learn. Oh, Gloria Graham. She was amazing, too, as the main lady in the movie. And this one started out as like a schmoozy Hollywood movie where he's a screenwriter and everyone is coming up to him for an autograph or wanting his attention for this project or, hey, let's do lunch sometime. And it, and it, it almost feels like what will later be movies like The Player, or, or, you know, just these kind of like Hollywood schmoozy movies, even to a lesser extent, like The Long Goodbye or Inherent Vice, where you're just kind of like, oh, all these important people are kind of weaving in and out and they're all a little eccentric because here we are in Beverly Hills. And then Humphrey Bogart brings this girl home one night, well, girl, you know, like well, lady in her 20s. And even she is a little confused, like, wait, do you do you want me to be like, is this sexual or is any is like, no, 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 I'm, I'm supposed to adapt this book. And you've read the book and I haven't and I was hoping you could help me just understand what it is. And it's sure enough, a platonic safe thing and she leaves for the night. Uh, oh, and it's interesting, too, is he goes, well, I can't drive you home, but I'll give you some money. And there's a cab station on the corner. And even in the back of our minds, we're like, well, that's all. Come on, man. You know, why don't you at least, you know, call the cab to your house? Don't make her walk out in the middle of the night. Well, sure enough, the next morning, the cops bring him in. She was found thrown out dead from a vehicle. And we suspect you because she was at your place. And the crazy thing is, Humphrey Bogart ain't really that shaken. I mean, this is also Humphrey Bogart. As, as Once it's established from Maltese Falcon onwards, this guy don't give a shit. And, but But what's interesting about this movie is he's not like a suave detective who doesn't give a shit. He's actually playing a malignant narcissist Hollywood screenwriter who definitely has a fixation on violence, and in fact is violent. The guy in the movie is constantly picking physical fights with people. And this doesn't help the situation, because does that mean he did it? Or does that mean he has a rage issue that's completely separate from a murder case that has nothing to do with him? You gotta keep watching. And then... Uh lastly, yeah, Johnny Guitar. Ooh, this one was damn good. So I've seen Sterling Hayden before. If you've ever seen Dr. Strangelove, he's that colonel in the movie who goes, we have to stop those Russians from taking our precious bodily fluids. You know, that, that, that whole thing. Well, he is, before that movie, you know, he, he was definitely, I think he was kind of a 50s, like star legend and you know he's also in that earlier kubrick movie the killing which i started watching tonight i'll talk about it next time but um dude sterling hayden really good actor he is johnny guitar who sure enough this is a good old this is a western and he is a good old cowboy riding through the canyons and he don't like to shoot anybody he just has his guitar and he's been called in to do a job, which is basically just be the guitarist for this saloon, uh, this sort of gambling saloon, run by. And dude, I, I'm sure I've seen her before. I feel like her face must have been the, the like basis for most of those like evil queens in those early Disney movies. But this great actress, Joan Crawford, and she is one of those... This movie has two... Ladies, one protagonist and one antagonist, and they suppress their femininity. They do not want to be seen as or treated like ladies. They tend to call the shots. They're the bosses. Joan Crawford runs her own saloon. She wears high-rising, tight pants, and the lady of the town, who's kind of like this witch woman, she can't stand the very idea of sex as you can tell she she reviles basically the whole thing and she's out basically to poison and uh, everyone with hatred and you're dealing with like mob people who want to take down Joan Crawford's establishment and there's cool shots where like all the antagonists are coming in Dressed all in black as if they're ready for a funeral because they're ready to kill while Joan Crawford is in this like virginal white and she's just sitting there playing this piano not giving a fuck like yeah I dare you to do something and Joan Crawford really just she commanded the screen. She was so good in this. What I'm finding in these older movies are just some really incredible performances. And yeah, the ladies are kicking ass in these movies. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I, I'm going to try to look at myself in the mirror with a little more kindness in the next few days. But what really helps this is getting into the groove of watching all these movies that I've sort of tangentially heard of, but never really gave the proper time to check out till now. So once again, in case you wanted to jump on these movies or just kind of add them to your maybe I'll check it out later list, they were as follows. He Walked By Night, Kansas City Confidential, In a Lonely Place, and Johnny Guitar. Well folks, we'll talk again real soon, in the mean in between, thank you for your time, thank you for your rhyme.